And if you have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 3. We're going to actually, it's kind of nice the way this finishes up. We're going to finish the letters to the seven churches and then roll right into Advent. And then, and so we're going to finish up the rest of this month, Revelation chapter 3. And before I get going, I actually wanted to explain just the graphic that we have for um, this Revelation series. I think Chaucer asked, what does this mean a couple weeks ago? And it's kind of cool. We got, I want us to keep before us that, that Revelation is a letter from Jesus about Jesus to churches who are in crisis. Churches who, who they had a lot of stuff going on and a lot of it was political by nature so we can kind of understand where this is coming from. But this, this symbol is Jesus is the lion and our lamb. So you have this lamb that kind of looks like a lion with these hands that are going across and it has seven sets of hands that are going across and worshiping Jesus, the lion and the lamb, who is our risen king. And so you can see the crown on top there. But this, where we are in this picture is we're part of the seven hands. The seven hands, the seven, the number seven represents the number of completion or perfection. And so this is all the churches gathering together to worship Jesus, who is our risen king. And so for us today, we get to remember and be reminded in this letter from Jesus about Jesus to churches in crisis, that our job is to worship the lion and the lamb, the lamb who was slain, who is the lion of Judah, who came and was sacrificed for us and now we worship him forever and ever and he is the one true king and the kingdom of God is the one true kingdom that we get to be a part of. So will you guys stand with me for the reading of Revelation chapter uh, 3, 1 through 6 and we're going to start with this prayer and then I will read the rest of this section. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Blessed are the reader, hearers, and keepers of this word. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Wake up and strengthen what remains and what is about to die, for I have not found your works complete in the sight of God. Remember then what you received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yet, yet you have still a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy." The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot out his name from the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You guys may be seated. You missed part of verse one there. I did? Yeah. I know, I know your works. You have a... I know your works. Sorry, I missed part of verse one. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Thank you for reminding me, because if I would have forgot that, the sermon wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> That's for sure. So, um, this letter from Jesus to these churches in crisis is a letter to wake up, 
It's meant to wake up the followers of Jesus. Wake up, not only wake up, but stay awake and don't be lulled to sleep. Wake up, not only so that you can be awake, but wake up and live. Live not for yourself, but expecting that Jesus could come back at any moment. And may that moment be soon. Don't be lulled to sleep. Don't be... Um, don't get tired of waiting, but be patient and be awake and be attentive. We get to wake up and worship Jesus. He is the God of the seven spirits and the seven stars. We, we can say that this is the complete spirits. He is over all the spirits and over all the stars and all the churches. He is more powerful than we can know. So we wake up and we worship him. And we do that by offering our life as a living sacrifice to Jesus. Worship is not just one moment. It's not just one songs. And oftentimes, I love that this warning, this wake up warning, oftentimes we think we are awake and we're not. And we're not. We think our works are so woke and we're doing such a good thing. And yet we can be dead. On Inst- I love this because a perfect example is on Instagram or Facebook. We can look alive and not show people what's really going on in, inside us. We can see that Jesus knows that there are times that we are dead inside. And he says to us to wake up. So we need to wake up. Living for Jesus involves intentionally putting one Christ-guided step in front of the next Christ-guided step over and over and over again, which means that we die to the ways of this world and its empires and not we don't die to the promises of Jesus. We stay awake in those. Let me use the language of an addict because I believe each of us are addicted to a certain thing. Maybe we're aware of it. Maybe we're not. But if you are not attentive to avoid the enemy of your addiction, whatever it may be, If you are not diligent to stay away and recognize your triggers, your risk for going back to addiction goes up. It goes up. If you think that you are free and clear and that you can just have a little bit of whatever your addiction is and that it won't master you again, that is when you start to fall. That is when you start to go back down. Those little things, when you think that you're in the good and you're never going to be mastered by again. Sin and the the sins of the anti-Jesus empire are against us constantly and constantly at our door. They want us to slip. They want us to relax. They want to just catch us slipping. That's what they want to do. They want us to think that we are free in Christ and we can just indulge in a little. But when we do, they take us and they snatch us away from Jesus and his purposes in and for our lives. One of the cool things about addicts is they need to stay alert. They know this, right? Like they teach this. It's exhausting at times, but it's for the best. They know that in order to live a life, a better life than their addictions offer, they need to stay away from their addictions and staying awake to this allows them to live a better life. We, as addicts of sin, each and every one of us, need to stay alert to sin and its effects. We need to stay away from sin and the sins of, I'm going to use the word empire here, but what I mean empire is all the little idols that are trying to control us. 
When we do this, we do this by living for Jesus, by keeping our eyes fixed on Him and not soiling our garments intentionally with the stain of sins. When we participate in the worship of anything other than Jesus, we are rolling around in pure muck and mire, in filth. We are rolling around in the pig slop that the world has to offer us and all its many empires say, this is good. This mud is good. This yuck is good. And we need to repent and allow Jesus, his life, his death, and his resurrection to cleanse us, to clean us from all unrighteousness. And if we walk with Jesus, then we walk in the purity of his life. We are worthy and our worthiness comes from Jesus' worthiness to walk this life because we as Christians walk with Jesus. We need to wake up and worship and walk with Christ. This message couldn't be more serious. Jesus wants us to walk in life, not only just life, temporary life, but a full life. He does not want us to walk in death or, or deception. Sardis, the city of Sardis would have known how serious this message is. Twice in its history had the citizens been lulled to sleep. They were bored into thinking that they were protected and then they were sacked and destroyed. They were utterly destroyed because they thought, oh no, we're good. And then what happened is they were defeated. Enemies came in, destroyed the city, burnt it to the ground, and left them having to rebuild with a new king and kingdoms over them. This call to wake up is absolutely not lost on the citizens of Sardis. These people know that destruction can and does come if they don't wake up. They know that it isn't a joke or a message to be taken lightly. This is a serious thing. Wake up. Stay awake. Before we get into it, this is not a call to be perfect in this. It's not a call to perfection. This is not a call to get everything right. It is a call to repent and endure with Jesus. When we realize that we are not lining up with Jesus in his ways and in his truth, then we change. Jesus doesn't change, we change. We get to remember that Jesus knows that we are not perfect, and even though we're not perfect, he still died for us. He has seen you and me at our worst, and he still says, I love you. I want you. Once we start walking with Jesus, he wants us to remain faithful with him forever to not commit spiritual adultery with idols of our day and age. And when we mess up, because God knows we will, we admit it to Jesus and we confess our sins to one another and we turn from our sin and turn back towards Jesus. Again, we get to be attentive to his calling in our lives, the way that he works in our lives, that one Christ-filled step in front of the other. He is not forcing us, he is inviting us to follow him through repentance. There are many ways to appear alive but be dead. There are many ways that we deceive ourselves or we attempt to deceive others in this. There are multiple ways that our works are not complete. We receive grace from Jesus not based on our own work but on Christ's work alone. He gave us his grace and mercy so that we might live out his grace and mercy to others and we fall short all the time. Amen? We fall short of keeping 
before us what we once heard and we once believed. And this word is grace through Jesus Christ. This unmerited, undeserved favor from God for the forgiveness of our sins and the changing of our hearts from Him taking us from death to life. We can't earn it and we don't deserve it. And yet we've been given this grace and we get to remember this. The best gift that we've ever been given is free, but it cost Jesus his life, his broken body and his shed blood. And too many times we forget. We get caught up in something else. We forget that this isn't something that we don't deserve. We think that we've earned it somehow. That it isn't, that we forget sometimes that this isn't something that we've done, but it's been done for us. We forget what grace is. Too often we appear like we are alive and yet we are dead. And we are being called in this text this morning to wake up. Face the fact that Satan may be trying to deceive us, to lull us to sleep and take us away from Jesus. And Jesus is here saying, wake up. Don't fall for this. Did you know, I'm sure you do. Did you know that faith without works is dead? If all you do is believe, but it never changes your life, that's dead. Did you know that works done without faith is dead as well? So we need to live a life of faith and do good works. In fact, we read last week, be zealous for good works that God has for us, but these things don't save us. Do you know that you can do a good deed towards another person for selfish reasons? You can appear to be lowly, to build up your esteem in your own eyes. And maybe you even think like in the eyes of others, if I can just appear humble, then I'll be good. And when I say good deeds here, I'm talking about all the good deeds that we get to do. Serving the poor, absolutely. Serving your family, serving your community. I'm also talking about the good works of Bible study and prayer and attending church. We can do all these things and we can do all of them with the entire wrong motive. We can appear alive and be dead. This is why our motives are important. We don't do works for ourselves. We don't do them for earthly status or even for God's favor because God's favor is already given to us through Christ. We do good works because we get to. We follow Jesus because we are awake enough to remember grace. And this grace motivates us to follow him further up and further in to his grace. We get to repentance and I love the idea of repentance. In fact, I remember when I was, uh, when, when God just really grabbed my heart right after Mo and I got married and somebody said, what happened to you? You've always liked Jesus, but now it just seems. And I said, I understand that all of life, all the Christian life is one of repentance. And he goes, oh, that's it. I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what I've understood. But I love what uh, this, this theologian named Burkhoff says in, in his book called Christian Faith. It says, without repentance, all the notes of Christian faith are off key or fall silent. In order to live for this new King Jesus in his kingdom, we renounce the ways of this world. We renounce the empires of this world, and we do this through repentance. We look at our lives, see where we don't measure up, and then we try and measure up to Jesus. We repent. Repentance 
um, is more than saying sorry and moving on. It's more than saying sorry and moving on. In sin, we hurt people, we hurt relationships, we hurt others, we hurt God, we hurt His creation, we do damage, and oftentimes, sorry is not enough. Oops, sorry, sorry God, I'll try better next time. Because being, um, sometimes just being sorry for sin is not believed. But tr- in true repentance, we can believe it. When we say we're sorry to Jesus, He always, we need to know this before we even go there, He wants to forgive us and He wants to change us. He wants to shape our hearts and our lives, to shift our ways and meet Him in His ways. The sincerity of repentance proves itself in in our actions. That is why repentance is deeper than a mere sorry or feeling bad. Repentance turns away from its sin. Repentance seeks to mend or make things right. Repentance is after a heart change, not just doing an action. Or it's not about simple morality. It's about sincerely wanting to follow Jesus in all his ways, in all that he has for us, and to be sincere in this. We can think of it this way. Repentance changes our loyalties. When we are loyal to sin, we keep sinning and pay it no mind. We can be blind to this at times. We make excuses for having sin or we make justifications. Maybe we say it's just a part of our personality. Maybe it's just an integral part of our lives. But if repentance falls away in our life, then we are not following Jesus. And if we're not following Jesus, the amazement and joy over God's gift of grace won't be there. For that reason, repentance is not just a passing mood at the start of the road, but an abiding overtone for all of one's Christian life. Repentance is lifting the blindness to see the acts of betrayal that we put on Jesus, to see cheating for what it really is, and turning from that by the grace of God the Father through the works of the Son, Jesus Christ as revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. In repentance, the Holy Spirit reveals the area where Jesus wants to work. He lifts our blinders to see our sin, and I don't think He shows us all of it because that would be too much, but He shows us where He wants us to work, where we're at right now. And in seeing this, we are sorry. We confess our sin to Jesus and to one another in hopes and intentions that we will turn away from sin's infidelity, that we can turn back to Jesus, who is our King and our God, and we recognize that in God's grace from Jesus, that He does forgive us, that He already has, that He doesn't condemn us or beat us up or remind us about the past, but He moves us on from the sin and into a deeper relationship with Him and His people. As we are seeing Jesus reconcile us to himself, may we recognize that there we may recognize that there are areas in making things right that we have to pay restitution. This is a part of repentance. After all, even though there is forgiveness, there's still effects for sinful actions that were taken. Sometimes we need to apologize, sometimes we need to pay people back or return what was stolen if we can. Sometimes when someone has hurt us, we need to forgive them without them knowing it because they will mistreat this gift of forgiveness and think that they are, 
that you are giving them to permission for the abuse to continue. So we need to be wise in the way that we pay back restitution. But at the same time, we get to sometimes just make things right. In repentance, we are admitting that we are wrong and we are looking to Jesus for all things to make all things right and new. And then the point of repentance, the point of repentance is to wake us up and keep us awake, to live and be fully alive with the life that is offered in the new kingdom where Jesus is the king. A kingdom that is free of guilt and shame. A kingdom that gives you a new name and makes the servant, makes us the servants of Jesus. And the, Jesus who rules and has written our name in his book of life. And in this life, Jesus, we find our lives buried in Jesus because he is the real life. This, not, this life is not easy. Amen? In this life, we get to stay awake. That's why um, over and over in the New Testament, it says, remember, 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 remember grace, remember Jesus. That's why each week we take uh, communion or we try to take communion or have a reflection on Jesus so that we can remember this and we can remember that this is where in Jesus is where we find our love, our joy, our peace, our patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. This is where we find, this is where we take our filthy rags, give them to Jesus, and he gives us the pure white clothes of his own righteousness lived for us, given to us freely with love. And in that, we stay awake and we stay alive and we don't act like we're dead. And when we find deadness, we ask Jesus to turn around and make life out of it. In this kingdom of Jesus, we are dead to sin not alive to sin. We are alive in forgiveness, in grace, in hope and faith and love. We are alive in our new life and its new ways. That is more true than the sin that we are dead to that tries to come in and choke us out. We don't want to be dead. Amen? We don't want to be dead. We want to be alive, body, spirit, and soul. We want to live. And we want to live. The best way to do this is to be alive in Jesus. To be open to his leading and guidance in our lives and then following him wherever he will take us. If we are walking around in the soiled garments of our sin, it's as if we are walking around with clothes that are muddy and dirty. If we are pretending to be alive, then what we've done is we've taken our clothes. Uh, if we pretended to be alive, but we are dead, we're tr- merely trying to hide the dirt by turning our clothes inside out or something. Pretending to others that we're there, but the, you can still feel the yuck and the sting of sin in our lives. Jesus has come to take our filthy, soiled garments, to take all that makes us unclean, and to give us His new garments. He takes our sin and gives us His life. And His life is the light of all lives. And it's in Christ that we find a full life. I pray this for us this week. Grace and Mercy Church, let us be alive. Let us not be faking it. Alive in repentance. Alive in allowing Jesus to be our true all in all. 
that we can be faithful to him and not cheat on him with sin and the sins of this world that we live in. And as we follow Jesus, Jesus brags about us to his father. God the Father sees us as Jesus sees us because this text shows us that Jesus is reporting on us. Hey, look at my son. Look at my daughter. You see them? And God goes, yeah, look at them. I love them. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let Jesus' life and words impact our hearts. Not just our moral structures, but that we can wake up and stay awake. Who cares what our reputation is to this world? Amen? Who cares what our reputation is, is to this world? We desire to have Jesus speak our names to God the, before God the Father and all the angels. Be attentive and stay alert. I say this as a warning. It may seem trying and tiring at times. But you know what we get to do? We get to keep enduring. We get to keep going on. We get to keep with the endurance of our faith. And let's not let anyone or anything steal that faith from us. Repentance and humility to keep repenting is needed. And the Holy Spirit will speak to us if we allow the Holy Spirit. So I'll leave us with this. Let us be alive. Let us listen. Let us be alive and follow Jesus and shed our sins and walk with him. Let us be alive forevermore in his name. In Jesus' name, amen.